apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of homeownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Mac Home Mortgage, an equal housing lender. American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L. Call for additional details. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him, he taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not. They're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Welcome to Sports Talk with RJ. I am Steve Risser along here with Justin D'Onofrio. So we will get to the Super Bowl. That was an outstanding game. But before that, we got to talk about the latest news in the NFL, and that is Derek Carr. Yesterday he was released by the Las Vegas Raiders, and uh, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening with him. It looks like the favorites to sign him are, are probably the three AFC South teams, the Bucks, the Saints, and the Panthers. And But but the Raiders, by doing this, saved $29 million in cap space. They're not, they don't have to pay Derek Carr's guaranteed salary for, for the next two years so the Raiders yes they don't get value for this but it looks it definitely looks like they are they, well they are moving on from Derek Carr and uh they, they're rebuilding and the big question is is where is Derek Carr going to go next is it going to be the Panthers is it going to be the Bucks is it going to be the Saints or is it going to be the Jets or is it going to be the Commanders I think it, I don't think it's going to be the Jets because I think they're, they're they're looking at Aaron Rodgers. I think the Commanders they've been talking about Sam Howell being their starter for the future. Uh, they, then you look at then you look at a team like the uh, you look at teams like the Bucks and the Saints. They are way over the cap, like fifty five million over the cap. So the the uh, so so the last logical answer is the uh, is the Panthers, and I think it's going to be the Panthers. I think it's going to be the Carolina Panthers. I think where they are in the draft, being number nine, it's going to be they, they would have to go all the way to one to probably get the guy they the, the guy they'd want. If they stay at nine, they'd probably be getting Anthony Richardson, who's going to be a project. It's going to take a year, so I, I think I think it's going to be the Panthers. I think he's. I think the Panthers are going to be the team that eventually signs Derek Carr, and I would like. And it wouldn't be a bad move. They definitely would be the best team in the South. Their defense 
is not terrible. They got good players like Brian Burns, Shaq Thompson, uh, Jeremy Chin, and J.C. Horn. Uh, then you look you look at the fact they did get rid of McCaffrey, but they finished the year six and five, and in six of the and in and in and in, 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 uh, in their last uh, I think ten games, they ran the ball for over hundred yards seven times with Chuba Hubbard and Deontay Foreman, and they went six and one in those games. So they figured out a running game uh, with those two guys. So. I think my prediction is I think he goes to the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I thought maybe the Saints last week, but yeah, with the salary cap where it is for the Saints and all that, I think it'd be pretty tough to maneuver that. Um, so yeah, Carolina makes the most sense for him. Yeah, that they Carolina would be um, definitely be the favorites in the uh, yeah in the NFC South now. Yeah, you know, they finished the season you know playing better you know under their interim coach. Um, kind of got things going yet. That young defense is, you know, still improving, but you know, it's it's you know, um, they they got some pretty good talent over there. So yeah, I think Carr going to the Panthers fits. You know, Darnold didn't play horrible, but that's not your long term option. Again, this gives you a couple years with their car. You know, then you could kind of figure out your future plan. Or, you know, I know they have Matt Corral. Maybe maybe he they do like him in the future. I don't think he'd be the long term answer, but I you know. He, he's still there, but yeah, it gives him a couple years at their car, um, you know, for just, you know, for a couple years and you kind of figure out where you want to go from there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, I think what the, we got to get to get to what the Raiders do next at the quarterback position. And uh, I, I think it's going to be, it's, it's going to be either uh, sign Jimmy Garoppolo or draft someone, or they could do both. They could sign Jimmy Garoppolo and they could draft a Will Levis and have like Levis City year and learn under Garoppolo and then have Levis be their guy. But the but the obvious move of the Raiders, this they are rebuilding. They're they're rebuilding right now. And uh they got they now got a good amount of cap space. So I think they're gonna sign Josh Jacobs. But I think the, the best move for the Raiders right now is not to trade up from seven to one. I think to take a Levis, take a Richardson, maybe have him that, that guy sit a year. And, and maybe draft a Garoppolo that they could learn, and then maybe sign a Garoppolo that, that, that both one of those two guys can learn under. Yeah, absolutely. Garoppolo obviously played under, um, you know, played under Josh McDaniels when he's with the Patriots at the offensive coordinator. So they already have that familiarity, you know. Um, and also, you know, um, you know, Garoppolo, the, the one problem, yeah, with Garoppolo is we kind of know the injury history that he's had. But yeah, he's not a bad option there for at least a year. Then, yeah, you go out and draft somebody at either seven. Um, you know, with, with that pick there, or you know, you want somebody else, I'd go second round. Jay Kaner is not, you know, I think somebody could be a long term option there as well. But yeah, I think Garoppolo or the uh draft are probably the Raiders' two best hopes right now. I know Adams is in kind of he wants to say on the new quarterback as well. I don't think Rodgers is gonna, I don't think the Raiders have what it takes to be able to trade Rodgers, but maybe Adams kind of talks talks Vegas into into doing that but yeah I, I think most likely it's either Garoppolo or drafting somebody yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and and, and obviously this is not a surprise we knew after that three pick game, game against the Steelers the Raiders were thinking about moving on they they, they were thinking about move they, they definitely wanted to move on they benched him the last two weeks they played Jared Stidham that was the signal that the Raiders were moving on they are and it was Garrett Carr is a Good quarterback. He's not an elite quarterback. He needs a really, really good team around him. And uh, I think the best chance for him to win for me, in my opinion, would be the Jets because he has that defense around him. But it just doesn't seem like he's likely to go there. I think the most likely destination is going to be those three, uh, those three uh, AFC, uh, NFC South teams. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, I'd like to see Carr 
go into an organization that could help him win and be able to get the talent, you know, the most talent out of him. I think at times in Vegas and Oakland, he just, it, you know, they just could not do that, you know, for talent that they've had. Again, they've missed on so many first round picks over the years. It, it really hasn't helped them. Um, but yeah, the Jets would be the best spot. But yeah, I, I think, you know, they're, they're going to probably go all in for Rodgers here. So yeah, one of those three NFC South teams make the most sense. And, you know, whatever one he goes to, he makes them, he makes them the favorite in, in each one of the three, probably. Oh, absolutely. He, they, they, that team's absolutely the favorite because that division is absolutely terrible. And if he goes there, that team is going to be a 500, like a, you know, a nine, a eight, eight, nine win team. He'll make that, he'll make that team an eight, nine win team. I don't know if they're going to be a Super Bowl contender, but he definitely would make them the best team in the South in an eight or nine win team. Yeah, he absolutely would. You know, um, you know, he, he, he definitely would. Cause yeah, that, that's, that, you know, that, that, that division's got some work to do there. I know Atlanta's kind of breaking out a new quarterback, you know, Carolina, we saw, you know, get better through the, throughout the year. The Saints kind of had a down year. The Bucks obviously was a disappointment for him for the year, year one. So yeah, absolutely. He, he, wherever, you know, whatever team he goes to in that division, if it's there, um, he's absolutely going to, you know, help him or put that, that team as the um, division favorite. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So now we got to get to the Super Bowl, and the Chiefs win their second Super Bowl in four years, beating the Eagles 38-35. to Great game, outstanding game. Both quarterbacks were phenomenal. Jalen Hurts was outstanding, almost 400 all-purpose yards, had four total touchdowns. He was phenomenal in the game. Mahomes was really, really good in the game as well. Obviously, the Eagles took the early lead, then the Chiefs came back. And then we had that play at the end and then we had the, the controversial play at the end the 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 hold the hold the uh that holding call at the at the at the end and yes it could have went either way yes there might have been a, arguably a worse holding call on Bradbury in the second quarter on uh had a worse worse holding call on Juju but they, they did call that they they did call that flag and in my opinion it was a penalty and i feel like it has to be called. It was clearly a penalty. Bradbury admitted it and, it, and it has to be called. I know it took away the Jalen Hurts having the ball in his hands last, but for me, and yeah, maybe your opinion is valued a little bit more because you're not, you don't you really didn't have an emotional attachment to the game. I'm a Giants fan. I hate the Eagles. So I didn't mind seeing, seeing them lose. I didn't even want to see Hurts have the ball in his hands at the end of the game, but I personally do feel like that was a penalty and it has to be called. Before we get into our takeaways, Justin, what were your thoughts on that play at the end of the game? Yeah, I thought it was a little tug. I thought you should have just kind of, especially you didn't call in the second quarter, you can't call it there. That's the big thing. If you called in the second quarter, I could make more of a case of, yeah, I could call it to kind of stay with the consistency. But because they didn't call it in the second, you can't call it there. And, I, you know, yeah, it kind of, you know, again, who knows? Maybe the Eagles don't go down and score anyways, and the game still ends up being 35-38, but now we never know. So, yeah, I think they should, they should have kept that one in their in the back pocket. I know he admitted it, but if he did in the second quarter, I think he got away with it. I don't know why. Why you throw the flag there in a tie game on a third and nine or third and eight in that and with two minutes left. I just I, I think it I don't think that was the right one. I think they should have kept that one in the back pocket. I get what you're saying. And Smith Schuster didn't call for the flag, but it was clearly a penalty. It was clearly a penalty on that play. I know a lot of people like you wanted to see Jalen Hurts have the ball in his hands on that last drive. You probably were really upset about the penalty because you wanted to see that last drive, Jalen Hurts with the ball in his hands to win the game because he, he deserved it the way he played. But by letter of law, that is a penalty. You can't grab the guy. So, and I see what you're saying. Yeah. I see what you're saying. 
But they didn't call him the same quarter, and it was pretty similar spot. That that's why I'm saying I don't think you because I know I see what you're saying, and I think if they called in the second quarter, I'd be more okay with them throwing the flag there. But that because they didn't in the second, you got to stick with that consistency, especially that late in the game, and it kind of feels like you know somewhat that you know the game was determined right there, and I feel like that's the worst kind of possible outcome for such a great game that it was um and you know i just think there you just you gotta you just gotta keep in the back pocket yeah i i know what you're saying i'd agree if they called in the second quarter i i'd, I'd agree with you but i i don't think that was the right call there yeah yeah it, it was it was very controversial it, it was a controversial way to end a great great game but still it was an outstanding game one of the best super bowls i've ever seen it was clearly the two best teams in football and obviously one of the best games i've ever seen so uh so yeah it was tough that a call that call had to be made right there but it was the right call and that and that's how it ended but we'll get to our take we're going to get to our takeaways of the game and, and uh, i'll start with them we'll get to our five takeaways of the game and for me number five was how amazing Jalen Hurts was in that game. And really how Jalen Hurts has proved that he's a top five quarterback. He clearly is a top five quarterback in this league. He was he was outstanding in the Super Bowl and he was outstanding all season long. There was a reason he was in the MVP conversation. He he was he just had a phenomenal season. I mean amazing. I mean he 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 had he he threw for over 300 yards, 304 yards, had almost 400 all purpose yards, four total touchdowns. Phenomenal phenomenal performance. Performance by Jalen Hurts in that game. I mean, for Eagle fans and for fans that weren't Giants, Commanders, Chiefs, and Cowboy fans, they were robbed of seeing him. You know, they probably they probably thought they were robbed of seeing him having the ball in his hands at the end of the game. But phenomenal performance by uh, Jalen Hurts. Number four, Jonathan Gannon did not coach a good game for the Eagles. He did not coach a good game for the Eagles, especially in the second half. He didn't blitz at all. That that was the number one thing. And then, all right, you get beat once with a Tony touchdown. You. But on the second touchdown by Sky Moore, you get beat on the same play. You made no adjustments. Really was not a good game for for Jonathan Gannon. And Eagle fans, there are some Eagle fans that are happy he's going to Arizona now. This was not a good game at all for Jonathan Gannon. That's that, that, that's takeaway number four for me. Number three, I'm gonna uh, two and three. I'm gonna go to my to my two key to two of my to my keys of the game last week. Uh, number three, the, a big key to let to the game was were the Chiefs gonna be able to run the ball. They absolutely did. Between McKinnon, between uh, McKinnon and Pacheco, they ran for 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 118 yards. And the key drive for the Chiefs was that first possession of this of the second half. And and they ran the ball six times for 35 yards. They were able to run the ball on that drive, and that was so key because they needed to come out with points on that drive. If the if the Chiefs didn't come out with points on that drive, they're losing that game. That was so crucial for them to come out with points on that drive. Because they did not want to, they, they they did not want to get way behind against that Eagles pass rush. So it was, and then they were able to run the ball, which was which was really really key. They were able to have that. They were able to run the ball, and the, and that last drive too. The, the Chiefs being able to run the ball was very very key in this game because it definitely negated the Eagles pass rush. And that leads me to my second takeaway of the game was the Chiefs offensive line was outstanding. They did not allow a sack of Patrick Mahomes, and that was fun, against the best defensive line in football. The Chiefs. Offensive line did an outstanding job in that game, and that was a big reason they were able to move the ball the way they were in the second half. I mean, it, it just was a phenomenal job by that offensive line, keeping Mahomes mostly clean in that game. And then lastly, Patrick Mahomes was outstanding in the second half. 
13 for 14 through two touchdown passes. He was absolutely phenomenal. He deserved the MVP of the game. And let's be honest, he's putting a, he, he, this win puts him in the conversation with the great quarterbacks in this league. Justin, your takeaways. You bet mine. Um, Dallas Irwin Holmes, again, every play he had to make, he made in that game. Um, you know, again, even when he had to kind of take off and run, he was able to, um, you know, you know, make a play on the ground and help his team out. Yeah, but Holmes, yeah, there's not too much more you could say about him. That's already been said, you know, so far in his, his, in his young career. Yeah, uh, my second one was the Eagles. They just, the pass rush, just, you know, the Chiefs offensive line did a great job. And, you know, that, you know, thought it was going to be a huge factor in the game. And it was. The Eagles got zero sacks first time all year. Um, you know, and it's a team that was averaging four, you know, over four sacks a game. They really did nothing. And, uh, you know, they were kind of kept off balance, too, with the way the Chiefs ran the football. You know, it was um, definitely a tough night for the Eagles. It, again, and that helped where Mahomes just had wide open guys all day. Um, number three for me was Kelsey and Juju Smith. You know, they, they both had tremendous games. Um, Kelsey found an opening, you know, wherever in the middle of the field. They just, you know, the Chiefs just had a lot of guys kind of just running free all day. And, um, you know, and this, the Eagles just had a rough time trying to slow him down. Yeah, but and then um, Jalen Hurts also. It, I thought that was the best game he's played throughout his career or, you know, so far in his own career. The one fumble I know hurt, you know, obviously. But again, he came right back down the field and he put his and he went and scored a touchdown. So I thought Hurts had a great game. I was not surprised that he wasn't afraid of the moment. Um, you know, and I, I thought Hurts played an outstanding game. You know, tough. You know, who knows what happened? He got the ball down. You know, if he got the ball there um, with one shot there to try to win or try to force overtime. But yeah, Jalen Hurts again. The the future is bright for him in Philly, and um, you know. Jalen Hurts played a phenomenal football game. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it was it was an outstanding game for uh, both teams. And Hector uh, uh, just said uh, Philly was so good that the Chiefs had to play a perfect second half, no punts, just to win by three. Much respect to the Eagles, and that's he's one hundred percent right there. He's one hundred percent right there. The Chiefs didn't punt in the second half, and uh, yeah, they had they had to be really really good to beat a team that had their quarterback play absolutely phenomenal, and, and Jalen Hurts, and, and they were they were. That's why this was a great. That's why this. That's why this was a phenomenal Super Bowl. That's why this was one of the best Super Bowls ever. Was just the way both teams played in this game. Yeah, absolutely was. You know, it. it you know, uh, Eagles got. Yeah, they got the ten point start. And it kind of felt like you know, we, Eagles going to run away with this thing. But um, yeah, the Chiefs really battled back. Yeah, they they put a phenomenal second half. They made a lot of adjustments, and Eagles couldn't really figure it out. And you know, again, third down, fourth down for you know, the Chiefs kind of made that kind of stop there to be able to force a field goal there you know the Eagles just weren't able to find that big kind of third fourth down stop they needed and yeah you know the, the Chiefs just you know um, that second half was great you know Tony on that big punt return as well um to kind of set them up there and yeah it was a it was an absolutely phenomenal football game and did yeah, the Eagles played a really again that one fumble was kind of the big die and it's you know it's unfortunate for such a great game that Jalen Hurts had Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That fumble was big. That fumble was huge. Cause you never know. It could have been a, a different game if that fumble doesn't happen, but, uh, but still, I mean, just a, just a phenomenal game by Jalen hurts, but we got to talk about the winning quarterback and uh, where he ranks all time. And uh, right now for me, I'm going to go three. I'm going to, I'm going to third best quarterback of all time. I think this win, I think obviously Brady's number one, it's going to be hard to pass him with, with seven rings and him doing winning 
six of those seven with the defensive head coach. I think I think that's that, that it's going to be hard to pass Brady. Montana, I think he's got a good chance to pass Montana. I think maybe another ring he could pass Montana. He's got four, and uh, th- then I think this win. Uh, I think he passed Peyton Manning with this win. I think he passed Peyton Manning with his win. And I think I know Peyton won five MVPs and everything, but there's uh there, there, there there's there's uh two reasons why. I think the, 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 the I think he's got a better arm than Peyton. I think he's more mobile than Peyton. He's more of a playmaker than Peyton, and he's been better in big games than Peyton's been. I mean, he we go back to his first his first year as a starter. He was phenomenal in the second half against the Patriots. He scored 30, 31 points in thirty one minutes. In the uh, it, it, then you go back to the uh, you go back to that playoff run in uh, twenty nineteen, outstanding. I mean, he brought them back from double digits three from two scores down three times, three times in that uh, in that and then those playoffs, and then he led him to a Super Bowl in in, in twenty twenty, and then last year he gets a team he brings the team down the field in thirteen seconds for the game tying field goal to keep them keep their season alive, and then this year. Without Tyree Killey, wins an MVP and wins a Super Bowl. I'm going top three. I'm going third, third best quarterback of all time. And why I got him ahead of Peyton is if you look at Peyton Manning's career, even in those Super Bowl runs, he was not great in the Super. He turned he had like seven interceptions in the Super Bowl run in 2006 and in 2015. Come on, a lot of a lot of a lot, a lot of quarterbacks could have played on that on, with that yeah. defense and won a Super Bowl. So that yeah. was the, that was the least a quarterback did to win a Super Bowl since Brad Johnson or even Trent Dilfer in 2000. So. I'm, I'm I'm taking him over Peyton. I got him top three. I got, the only two guys that got Mahomes behind right now are Tom Brady and Joe Montana. Yeah, I, I I'm with you. I think you got to put him third. Yeah, as you mentioned, the big you know how he's kind of managed himself in big games is, is definitely better than Peyton was. Yeah, that that 2015 one still kind of hurts that AFC Championship. Yeah, game oh, I got it. Oh, I got it. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, nine yeah. sacks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, he, he's been outstanding in, in the big moment, big spot. Yeah. The 13 second drive he had last year at Buffalo is outstanding. And I just think it's a talent too. you know, just, you know, we really haven't seen a quarterback have all the tools he's been able to, again, he can throw the ball, you know, five different kind of arm, arm angles. Um, you know, the way you can kind of, you know, um, you know, he's a good mobile quarterback. Again, the, the arm talent that he has. Yeah, he's just a sensational quarterback. Again, you know, him and Andy Reid, um, you know, that's that's been a great combination for those two. So, yeah, you know, he's, he's again, you know, in the moment, he has not let it get to him. And, yeah, there's spots. Peyton was not the best. So, yeah, I, I think I, I'm with you. You kind of right now I have to put him um, third all time. Oh, oh, oh I, I, I think I got at least put him in the top five after this game. I think you could put him maybe below Peyton at four. I don't know about Elway, but I think I got to at least put him top five. This 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 performance, the season he's had without Tyreek Hill, and many people weren't picking the Chiefs. A lot of people were picking the Bills to go to the Super Bowls. I mean, a lot of people like me picked the Bengals to beat them in the AFC Championship game. I, I think this, this this playoff run on one ankle too. Don't forget on one ankle definitely puts him in the top five. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, yeah, that's something. You know, with losing uh, Tyreek Hill, you know, we've seen a couple of top quarterbacks lose their wide receivers and, you know, did not have a great of a year. And, you know, for the Chiefs, it, it's, you know, yeah, you know, maybe the Chiefs weren't as much of a downfield threat, you know, passing wise than they usually are. But again, you know, um, but they, they kind of figured out that offense with, with Juju and Marcus uh, Vance and Scantlin. You know, obviously having one of the best tight ends of all time and Travis Kelsey helps out as well. 
but yeah, the, the, you know, Mahomes didn't lose a beat again. And he didn't even have the start, even after losing Hill, you know, cause um, we know 2021 kind of those first couple weeks there, they struggled. He didn't even really have much of that. I, you know, have that as much this year. Um, you know, he, he got in rhythm right away. So yeah, you know, Mahomes is definitely, uh, should definitely be in the top five. Now the big question is where does Andy Reid rank all time? And I, I would I still I wouldn't put Andy Reid in the top. I know we put Mahomes in the top five for quarterbacks of all time. I wouldn't put Andy Reid in the top five for coaches. I still think Belichick, Walsh, Knoll, Lombardi, and Shula, and even and even Gibbs and Landry are ahead of him. But this win definitely puts him in the top ten. What he did in Philadelphia, getting to five NFC champ. I know he didn't win a Super Bowl, but he got to five NFC championship games and he got to a Super Bowl in Philadelphia. Then he came to Kansas City and he took over a team that was two and fourteen. And uh, even in the years before Mahomes got there, they had they had four straight winning se- they had four straight winning seasons with Alex Smith. They've got to the playoffs three times, and they won and they won a playoff game. So he 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 was really good the the five, the five years before he had Mahomes as quarterback. He had five winning seasons, five winning seasons, four playoff appearances, and one playoff win. So he was he was really good even the years before Mahomes. Then when Mahomes came, the team became they took over. They, they took over the Patriots' reign as the kings of the AFC. I mean, five straight eight conference championship games. Reed has, Andy Reid has been to 10 conference championship games, been to four Super Bowls, and won two Super Bowls. To me, he's clearly, clearly – you could argue he's top five. I don't think he's top five, but he's clearly a top 10 coach. Yeah, yeah, you got to put him in the, the top 10 at least. He's been um, – he's won everywhere he's gone. You know, he's – you know, that Chiefs team, yeah, he came in 2-14. Um, they need to kind of – you know, um, they, they, you know, they, I know they got a couple playoff appearances there. They couldn't get over the hump and he got Mahomes, and it's kind of been such a different story since then. So absolutely. He's, he's won everywhere he went. He's gotten a couple Super Bowls of the Eagles. Now it's the Chiefs. He's won two of them. Um, you know, he's done a great job of, you know, his offenses, you know, are always some of the best in the league. You know, he does a great job of, um, game plan. Again, you, you, you know, we kind of saw it Sunday night. They just, you know, um, with the game plan and the routes that they had, the, the Eagles really didn't have many answers for. And that's kind of what he's done throughout his career. Um, he's always kind of developed great talent on the offensive side of the ball. And, yeah, you know, so I, I think Andy Reid definitely has to be up there as top 10 at least for um, all-time best coaches. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll, we'll circle back to Hector's comment. We'll circle back to Mahomes a little bit. In my opinion, Mahomes is better than Montana. Comparing – their first five seasons of their career when it comes to starts and team accomplishments. You definitely can make the argument Mahomes is better than Montana. I'm just still taking Montana because Montana won more Super Bowls. He's still, he's still Montana still has four Super Bowls. Uh he's he's got uh he's got two or three Super Bowl MVPs. I I I know it's very close between the two, but I'm still gonna take Montana. But I think Mahomes is very, very like I said earlier, Mahomes is very, very close to passing him. Yeah, yeah, Mahomes is getting up there close to number two. Yeah, you know, Montana with the four Super Bowls. I definitely have one just a little bit low, you know, that big reason why. But yeah, Mahomes, I you know, what he's done so far throughout his career, uh it's been on saying it. Yeah, he's he's getting close and um, you know, he's definitely got a chance to pass pass uh, Montana very soon. Oh, 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 without a doubt, without a doubt. I mean, both 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 coaches, Reed and Mahomes, this was huge with their legacies because it def because this win cemented that Mahomes is a top five quarterback of all time. And this win cemented that Andy Reid is a top ten coach of all time, and I think this was such a huge win for Reid because say 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 say, say Reid loses this game, say Andy say Andy Reid loses this game to uh to, to uh, uh to, to the Eagles, that would have been two Super Bowls 
Reed would have lost to 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 his old team. That would that would that would have definitely hurt his legacy. But this win really, really, really uh, helped Andy Reed's legacy. It really, really was huge for for Reed's legacy. Yeah, it absolutely did. You know, we talked about it last week. You know, going up against his former team, he kind of felt like he had to win this one. Um, going for the coach that first time in the Super Bowl. You know, both obviously we both teams were so evenly matched. It was a you know awesome games we talked about. But yeah, you know this this was kind of a big one that he needed this one um, to kind of you know he yeah he did need this one to kind of cement it even better because yeah you know um, to to get another one with the talent that they had um, it, it was definitely kind of a big one for Andy Reid to kind of help solidify his case to be one of the top ten coaches all time. Yeah, and I mean both of them together. I mean, I mean, I definitely think Mahomes is a little bit more responsible, but both of them together have have really built what potentially could be a dynasty for for the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, you're looking at a team now that could win. You know, with Patrick Mahomes, they could win three, four, even five championships with with how young Mahomes is. Yeah, absolutely. What they got him what, already that contract for eight, nine more years. He's gonna be in Kansas at, at least, and you would think you know he'll be there even longer. So yeah, absolutely. What they what they got. You know, AFC's got a lot of young talent, especially at quarterback. But yeah, the the Chiefs are going to be the team to beat for a uh, long time coming. Yeah, they're the team to beat. I mean, the Bengals, the Bills, even now Jacksonville with uh with with Lawrence, the Chargers, they're all going to be contenders. But Kansas City is clearly the kings of the AFC and and, and are, are going to be the clear favorite year in and year out with Mahomes. Yeah, that, they absolutely will, and um, they deserve to be there. And yeah, you know, being five straight AFC Championship games and uh yeah you know Mahomes still has not played on the road yet in the playoffs so yeah until somebody you know kind of takes them off there for a couple of years they they deserve to be the you know the, the top team and team to beat year in year out yeah that's crazy it's crazy he hasn't played a road game yet yeah. it is crazy he has not played a road game in the playoffs and the thing is three of three of the uh five years they've been the number one seed it's so similar to what the Patriots are they're yeah. starting to be so similar to what the Pats were with Brady yeah, Nate, it's it's uh, it, it's crazy to see. You know, I kind of hope they kind of uh, <laughs> slow it down a bit. But yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's been crazy. Again, the, the the run they've been on here with the division titles, um, you know, just, and, and kind of locking up that one seed. Um, yeah, it, it's 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 they're definitely kind of on that pace right now, going on a run like that. And you know, again, their division, you know, has got some young talent with Herbert. You know, we'll we'll see what. Payton could do there with um uh with Russell Wilson, but yeah, you know, the the Chiefs right now kind of it, it's getting it's it's very similar kind of the start that they've had with the Patriots kind of did as well for so long. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So now we got to get to two Eagles coordinators that uh that 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 the Eagles lost two coordinators this week, and they first was Shane Steichen. He was hired by the Colts, and I like this hire. I really like this hire for the Colts. I, Shane Steichen. I think is deserving of a coaching job because of the way he developed two young quarterbacks, two quarterbacks that were drafted in the 2020 draft class. Obviously they know about Jalen Hurts. We know about Jalen Hurts, the way he developed Jalen Hurts, but he also developed Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert had a really, really good rookie season. And a lot of people thought, you know, outside of, outside of Burrow and Tua, he was going to be the, the third guy in that class. And, see, and watched him play at Oregon. He was going to be the third guy in that class. Yes, he still is the third best quarterback in the class, but he's had a really, really good start. I know he blew a twenty-seven nothing lead. I know he doesn't want a playoff game yet, but he's had a really, really good start to his career. So, and and both these both those quarterbacks, Hurts and Herbert, were developed by this guy. And what's been the Colts' issue for years, ever since Andrew Luck retired, finding a quarterback. If it was Jacoby Brissett starting starting one year, or if it was 
Phillip Rivers or if it was Carson Wentz or it was Matt Ryan. It's been a merry-go-round of quarterbacks for the Colts. That's got to stop. I think this year the Colts will draft, will maybe trade up and trade up to get Bryce Young or maybe, you know, draft the Will Levis, number four overall. And and this and, and I think they hired the right guy to develop that player. I think they I think that this is a really good hire for the Colts. Yeah, absolutely. I'm right there with you. Yeah, the way he's developed, you know, Jalen Hurts this year, Justin Herbert, you know, the year before that in 2020 or his rookie year, he's been out. Um, he's done a really good job. And yeah, as you mentioned, the the, the Colts have not been able to kind of get that quarterback position right. They've they've tried all the veteran options, but yeah, it's just it really hasn't gone the way that they've been hoping for. And yeah, you get a young guy like this, you know, um, they come in and yeah, you know, assume he's, you know, you assume here he's, they're going to draft a quarterback and try to kind of figure it out. And hopefully that he's the guy that kind of fit and rebuild here. And again, you know, we'll be interested to, you know, in this kind of division, I know Jacksonville is kind of on the rise here, but outside of that, I know with um, Rabel and Tennessee, again, they're always kind of going to be in the playoff spot, you know, you know, kind of be bound for the for the playoffs, but you know, second place right now it's kind of up for grabs in the division, and um, yeah, they can bring in a young rookie quarterback that will um, definitely you know de- definitely help out, and hopefully you know he'll be able to develop them, and uh, the Colts will finally have that quarterback they were looking for for the last couple of years. Yeah, they they got to get it. This this is the off season. They need to get that quarterback, but I think they got the right guy to develop that quarterback in Steichen. Now, another Eagles coordinator was hired uh, uh, yesterday, and that was Jonathan Gannon. He is now the new head coach of the Cardinals, and I have a little bit of a different opinion of this hire. I'm not the biggest fan of this hire, especially when you have a guy like Eric Bieniemy, who's won two Super Bowls as a coordinator. You don't even give him an interview, and you saw the way Eric Bieniemy owned Jonathan Gannon in the Super Bowl, and you hired this guy as a head coach. I, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of this hire. I, yes, his defense was really good this year, but that defense had a ton of talent. This guy made absolutely no adjustments in the second half of that Super Bowl, and he's probably the biggest reason why the Eagles lost the Super Bowl. And, and as we said earlier in the show, I think a lot of Eagle fans are happy that this guy is gone. And, and, and a lot of Eagle fans aren't really going to miss him that much. So, I mean, but for this hire, the biggest thing here is, is who the, who's the offensive coordinator going to be and can he work with Kyler Murray? That is going to be the key to this hire. But I'm not a big fan of the hire because I think there were better candidates out there. Lou Marumo, I thought was a better candidate. I mean, Michael Kafka, you could argue, you know, or you could argue, you could argue that one. But we all know a guy that didn't even interview would have been a much better candidate for this job, and that's Eric Bieniemy. It just, 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 I'm just not a fan of hi- of hiring Jonathan Gannon. Yeah, this one was more of a questionable one. I know that the Cardinals' defense was atrocious last year. I think they gave up, you know, second most points in franchise history. Um, but yeah, with all that talent the Eagles defense had, they really could not stop Mahomes in that offense at all Sunday night. And I think, you know, now you're walking into a situation where you don't have much the de- you know, talent on that defensive side, and you just lost JJ Wild, who's one of the best edge guys um that we've had in a while. And yeah, you know, obviously it really comes down to who's the offensive coordinator here and you know, how they kind of handle Kyler Murray and how they kind of fix this offense around him, but and kind of the relationship, because it sounds like, you know, Kingsbury and Murray kind of that relationship showered here the last year of what I've read. Um, but, yeah, it, it kind of depends on all that. But, yeah, you know, the enemy I'm surprised really hasn't gotten a chance to be, you know, it, it's a weird one why he hasn't gotten a chance yet. Um, but, yeah, I, I think for Arizona, definitely I think this one's a little bit more questionable, especially, again, they probably saw it front and center because they're, 
playing in Arizona. Then uh, I don't, you know, uh, that yeah, this that that hire wasn't, you know, I, I thought wasn't the best after what I saw Sunday night. Yeah, I wonder if he got on the plane right. If he even took the plane ride home back to Philly. I don't know if he, don't if he know. even did. I think he just stayed out in Arizona. I think yeah. he just stayed out. I think he just stayed out there. And, 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 and uh, yeah, exactly. I think I, I I wonder if he took the plane back home to Philly because I don't know if he really wanted to be back on that plane, seeing the yeah. game plan he had on Sunday night. Yeah, I don't know because yeah, that was not great. And uh, you mentioned they did not fix anything out there Sunday night. Oh uh, yeah, they got kind of yeah. Um, yeah, that was a rough one. You wonder if he was kind of touring the stadium around halftime, kind of figure oh, out where his office is. Oh my god! Yeah, know. that's the thing. That's the thing. Oh my god, no, yeah, man, I, I I wouldn't doubt that. Yeah, yeah, that was uh that was a brutal game plan for him, and yeah, they're not fixing anything either. Did not help much. No, I don't blame no. Eagles fans. No, no, not 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 at all, not at all. But KD is back in the West, and. We're going to recap the first half of the NBA season. But before we do that, we're going to hear from our friends at JPEG Financial and Shamrock Home Inspections. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEG's Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. All righty, so... Uh, so Kevin Durant is in a new location on really right when our show ended last week, he was traded to the, uh, to the Phoenix Suns and, and, and the, and the Nets trade the Suns traded uh Cam Johnson and uh, Markel Bridges to the uh, Nets and uh, f- for the Suns right now. I mean, uh, they look like they are in great shape. I mean, with Devin Booker, with Kevin Durant, Chris Paul and, and, and Deandre Ayton, this, this Suns team looks like, they're the clear favorite to win the Western Conference and win the NBA championship. I, I And I think adding Kevin Durant makes them the favorite. They got to the NBA Finals two years ago and lost. They had the best record in the NBA last year. They lost to the Mavericks in the first round. 
but now they have that top 10 player that they need to win a championship. In the 40-year history, in the last 40 years, there's really only one team that's won a championship, maybe two that have won a championship without a top 10. The 2014 Spurs. Now the Suns have their top 10 player that can get them over the hump. When they were, that's what they missed when they were up 2-0 against the uh, up 2-0 against the Bucks in the NBA Finals, or last year when they were up 2-0 against the Mavs in the playoffs. That's what they missed. Now they got that guy in Kevin Durant. Yeah, absolutely. You know, for the Suns, it's a home run, and you didn't even have to lose DeAndre Ayton, who's one of the better centers. I thought in the for sure they were going to lose him. Yeah. I thought for sure they were going to lose him so too. Yeah, I thought so too. I, I'm stunned that they did not have to get rid of him um, in, in this deal and trade him. But yeah, you know, Durant again, he hasn't even come back yet. You know, I know Booker just came back and they've won seven out of their last nine. So it's a team that's starting to get it together, you know, and, and Paul's not the score that he once was, but last night he had 19 assists and uh you know Book, Booker went off last night. So yeah, you know, this Suns team, I, I think you do have to put them as a favorite. You know, they got all the talent in the world. And it, again, there's you know, when you know, um and when Durant comes back, you got him in that starting lineup, Aiden, Booker, and, and Paul, and there's not too many better fours than that right there. So, yeah, I think, you know, the Suns right now got to be the favorite. They've been kind of knocking on the door here the last couple of years. And uh, so far, kind of, you know, right now, kind of looking at things, as long as injuries don't kind of happen here, or you know, um, and, you know, they, they should be the favorite. And, and the West, I feel like, is really wide open with the Warriors kind of having a down ear. You know, the Nuggets are, again, having a great season, but we've kind of know what's happened to them in the playoffs. You know, obviously the Grizzlies have been playing well, um, well of late, but after kind of struggle there for a while. But, yeah, I think the Suns right now got to be the favorite to um, win the NBA. The other question is, is, is where do the Nets go from here? I think they're rebuilding, but do they even end up making the play-in tournament this year? Right now, they're still in the top five in the East, but I think watching that team on Monday night against the Knicks, I think they're going to slip. I really think the Nets are going to slip, and I would not be surprised if they finished in the ninth or t- finished ninth or tenth in the Eastern Conference. But I do still think they make the play-in tournament. Yeah, I think they get in the play-in tournament, um, just because you know they're up. I you know they're up like six games of the Wizards who are in 10th right now. So I think they, I think they find a way to kind of stay in that within the uh, playing, but yeah, I think they come ninth or 10th there. Um, Yeah. It's a, you know, unfortunately they're going to go through another rebuild process here. They got some picks coming up, but we'll see what they kind of do with them here. Um, But yeah, a team kind of led with, you know, you got, you know, Dinwiddie's not a bad player and bridges aren't a bad, you know, isn't a bad player here. But yeah, I just I think that Nets team is gonna finish ninth or tenth and, and probably get eliminated in the playing round. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So now getting to the All Star break, we're gonna give out some awards. We're gonna do first. We're gonna start out with our most surprising team of the first part of this season, and I know it's not the first half because they're still they're almost like two thirds of the way done. But I consider always the All Star break kind of the first half. So we're gonna talk about our most surprising team and our most disappointing team. We're gonna start with our most surprising team. And I think this one's pretty obvious. I think it's your team. I think it's Sacramento Kings. I think the way he's a bonus has played, he's been he's been really good this year. DeAndre Fox had a really good year, and they've added shooters around. They have shooters around them with Keegan Murray, with 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 the Harrison Barnes, they, and uh, and Hunter. So they they got shooters around those two. Good two. Those two guys are not good three point shooters, but they have shooters around them to help them. And yes, this team probably won't win a won't win a round in the playoffs. But I feel like for the first time in almost fifteen years, this or even further than that, maybe twenty years, this franchise is going in the right direction with Mike Brown yeah. as head coach. Yeah, it has. Uh, you know, I've I've actually been pretty much watching like every King game, and I I've never really done that through you know um, 
since I've been a fan. You know, it's been you know, 11, 12 years. It, it's been a great year. Yeah, they're my most surprising team as well. Uh, De'Aaron Fox leads the NBA in, in clutch points. He's got 148. It, second place is actually your Nick Jalen Brunson with 25. You know, again, he's been disrespected again, you know, not being voted in. I know he got in as reserve, but he's had an awesome year. Um, you know, in big spots, Kevin Herter been a nice addition to this team. You know, Keegan Murray's been just kind of plug and play guy, you know, at the at the four spot for him. Um, again, the defense needs a lot of work, and that's what worries me. You know, they just their their defense is atrocious, but their but you offense have the right you have, you have the right coach with Mike Brown. Yeah, he he I I you know, they started out 0-4, and I was already on the get rid of Mike Brown, get rid of Fox. I, I was kind of – because they, they, they were 0-4, and I was kind of like this – whenever I have hope, it usually kind of falls apart. But they, they've been awesome. Mike Brown's actually called, like, three timeouts this year. Like, the Jim Calhoun timeouts. They give up, like, an early layup or dunk 10 seconds in. He's called a timeout, but they still go on to give up 130. But the only thing is, yeah, the defense has to get better. Analytically, I've seen that it's, it's getting a little bit better, but still not – good enough i feel like again they're not going to stay in the three spot i would like to see out of the playing tournament that's kind of where i'm at that's going to be hard though seeing some of the additions that have been made uh in, in the league in the league in the last week but we'll we'll see we'll see yeah we'll see but you know again i just i, I will be happy that I, I finally will be seeing the sacramento kings and bay playoffs and i will for the first time ever have a dog in the fight so that'll be nice yeah, probably your first time in your lifetime. You're gonna have you're gonna have a dog yeah. in the fight in the NBA playoffs. So, the, so that yeah. yeah, that definitely will be nice for you. So we'll now go to the uh, most disappointing team, and for me, it's the Atlanta Hawks, twenty nine and twenty nine. Adding Dejounte Murray, you felt like they were going to be up there in the with the top five teams in the East. They really aren't. They're behind the Knicks right now. They're in eighth place in the Eastern Conference, and we saw Trey Young lead a team to the conference finals. And I I, I just think this team has been disappo- disappointing. I just I just think twenty nine and twenty nine. I think they need to be better than that, especially going out and trading for Dejounte Murray. Yeah. They were second. I actually took Timberwolves. I thought this was going to be a top four team in the NBA. The Gobert tree just hasn't worked. Their defense has gotten, has, has gotten a little bit worse this year than it was last year. I know Carl Anthony Towns has been out for a while, and I know I think he's supposed to be kind of – But it's time for an Anthony Edwards to step up and win some games yeah. here. Yes, yes. It, that's kind of been the big thing. I know the scoring's improved form a little bit more but yeah the three point percentage is at like 35 percent like you'd like that to increase just a little bit there um but yeah i thought this is a team that was gonna be a top four and it just really hasn't um i just think the go bear trade hasn't worked out like the way they thought it to i know they just brought in conley they're trying to change some things around but i i felt like there was some hope here for the timberwolves for the first time in a while and there's 31 to 29 eighth in the west again but i think it's hard now with as you mentioned when we're talking about the Kings, it's going to be tough to really move up now with some of the talent that the Suns got. You know, I think the Clippers are playing better. The Mavericks are playing, you know, they just got Doncic and, and Irving. Um, you know, they're they're going to get better. So I think it's going to be tough to kind of get by some of these teams and kind of try to climb out of this hole here. So, you know, I, I, a little bit disappointed the way the Timberwolves have looked so far this year. That Gobert trade is a disaster. I don't know how you trade four first-round picks for a guy that's never averaged more than 16 points a game. That trade is a absolute disaster for the Timberwolves. That's a horrific, horrific trade for the Timberwolves. Yeah, absolutely. Danny Age knows how to talk teams into some crazy yeah. trades because yeah, the, cha- the, the that. Jazz robbed. They robbed the yeah. Timberwolves there. Oh, yeah. He, he definitely did there. Yeah, you know, again, yeah. He is not – because he came in to help the defense, but, yeah, it just – 
it, it really has not he's not helped the defense much at all this year. And I think that's that's the alarming thing right now with, with that team. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and I just said the thing just changed. So uh we got our rookie of the year. Uh who 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 is your pick? My, my, I'll go, to, go go first. My pick for rookie of the year. I'm going to go with Paolo Bencaro. I'm going with Paolo Bencaro because uh, I I think he's done a really good job. Almost averaging 20 a game for the Magic, and the Magic have found one of their guys. Him and Franz Wagner are their two guys going forward uh, for this team for this team in the future. And the Magic they've started to make progress this year. They've made progress. Yeah, they're not great yet, but they definitely made progress. And Paolo Bencaro has been a big part of that. All right. You're okay, so I know you're probably disagree with this one, but yes. you're gonna have to let me say my case. It's Keegan Murray, and this is the reason why because any all right, Bankero's been great, Green's been great, you know, all you know, Benick Matherin's been great. But the thing about Murray that none of the rest of those guys have is he's contributing for the playoff team, and again, he doesn't have to be the number one or two option, he's averaging a you know 11 12 points a game right now, but. He'll put up 30 when he has to. He's already passed it. You know, he's he's shooting 41% from three so far this year. When he's had to, he'll put in, you know, um, he'll be kind of their op- their number one option the nights that, I guess, the bonus is off or Barnes is off. And he's also, last week against the Rockets, late in that game, he takes a big charge. He comes back down the floor, hits a, hits a go-ahead three that put him ahead for good. He's made good, smart, winning plays. I know the numbers do not jump off a page, but he's helping – to contribute for a playoff team. And again, all these other awards, we always talk about, okay, their team's winning. You know, like we put them ahead because they're winning. Murray's team's, Murray's on a team that's doing that. He's starting, he's contributing, but yes, he doesn't have to be the number one or second guy. So to me, I have to go Murray because again, he's he's playing, he's contributing for a team that's winning. All right, I get that they're winning, but he's not the biggest reason why they're winning. The bonus and Fox are the biggest reasons why they're winning. Uh, Paolo Bencaro, he's arguably the best player in the Magic. Keegan Murray isn't even close to the best player in the Kings. Oh, that's why, yes, he's had a solid rookie season, but I'm not picking him for rookie of the year. No, and I can, I know, and I know why. Yeah, he has not been, yeah, he, yeah, you know, Bencaro's probably is a better, is a better player than he is right now. You know, Bencaro's the number one option. He's been unbelievable. I know Matherin's been two, and Green, Jalen Green in Houston's been really good. But to me, I just feel like we always put these awards for winning. Like, it's always like, it's your team winning. Yeah, he may not be the biggest part of why they're re- winning, but he's made plays this year to help his team that's in a playoff spot I, to contribute. I get it, but he's not the, he's like the third best player on the team. So I'm not giving the rookie of the year to the third best player on the team. I'm just not going to do that. He's, he's not the reason why. He's, yeah, yes, he's part of the reason why. He's not the biggest reason why the Kings have are having the season they've had. No, he's probably not. And I, I get that point. They, you know, those guys have been great. I just feel like we don't ever really see these rookies. There's a lot of them that, again, you know, maybe like the super, you know, that haven't, you know, especially recently that haven't been, that, you know, it takes them a couple years for the teams to actually be in playoff position. And we've been seeing that with Murray. Yes, you know, he's not their top option most nights. Again, there's been some nights where he's put up 20, 30 points. And he's been kind of their main guy. But, yes, that doesn't have to happen every night. Um, you know, but, again, he's he's had a couple games where he's gotten double-digit rebounds. Uh, last night, he had six assists. Like, he's been doing a lot of stuff all, you know, all around that's been helping the team win. But, yes, he's not their number one option. I feel like this team's winning. He's contributing for a playoff team. He's starting for them. Yes, he's probably their number third option. 
but I feel like that should be a good amount of the criteria, I feel like. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I just I just feel like Apollo Bencaro has been a little bit better than him. But Keegan Murray's done a really good job of being a piece on a team that is growing in the Sacramento Kings. But we got to get to who our MVP is right now, our midseason MVP. And it's not, as we know, it's not midseason, but our MVP at the All-Star break. And I'm going with the guy to win his third straight, and that's Jokic. Jokic averaging a triple-double a game. And most importantly, his team has the number one seed in the in, in the Western Conference. And, are, and outside, outside of the Suns, I think they have the second-best chance to get to the finals in that conference. Having Murray and having a quarterback is ain't a difference for this team. And Jokic is just an amazing player. The way he can handle the, the size, the way he can handle the ball, the way the way the, 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 the way the way he rebounds the ball. The guy's averaging a triple double per game. I'm going with Nicole. Is Jokic is my MVP right now? Yeah, I am too. Uh, he's been unbelievable. He's such a special talent, unique talent. Uh, yeah, with the way he can handle the basketball, uh, it just kind of end up being a, as good as a passer as he is for his size. It's been unbelievable. He's so fun to watch. Again, it'd be not, you know, um, they're in first place. They pretty much have that thing. They're up by getting the Grizzlies. They pretty much have that thing locked down as, you know. Um, but yeah, he's got the full complementary of his of his team back this year after all of them were really banged up last year. Um, so that that helps. But yeah, averaging a triple double, he's been unbelievable. He's such a fun player to watch. Yeah, you know, the Nuggets, again, this is probably their best shot to get to the finals. It'd be really cool to see him because he you know, feels I feel like he goes a little bit under radar because he does play for Denver. Um, but he's such a sensational talent, and you know, it, it'd be really cool to see that team get a chance to play in the NBA Finals year. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Now that leads us to our last, our last, our, to, to our next uh, question. What is your prediction for the NBA Finals? And I'll start with you. Who, who, who do you got in the finals? I get the Boston Celtics against the. Um, Phoenix Suns. I like the way that Tatum and Jalen Brown have both been playing this year. Malcolm Brockton's made a huge impact there off the bench, which is something that they've really needed some consistency off that bench of scoring. Um, you know, I, I know the Bucks knocked them off last night in OT, but I think the Celtics um, all around, I, I'll take them, a, you know, I like them a little bit more than the Bucks right now. And the Suns, I think the addition of Kevin Durant, we talked about it. I think right now that, that team's only going to get better and they'll find a way to the finals. I got a rematch of 2021. I got the Buck, I got the Suns playing the Bucks, and I got the Suns beating the Bucks in the finals. I think the Suns have the the best team in in the Western Conference, and I think they get the, they get there this year. And I think for the Bucks, last year we we don't we we, we we forget that Middleton was don't don't forget that Middleton was out. And I think I think he's going to get back by playoff time. He's going to get back to what he was. And I think when he gets back to what he was, the Bucks got five guys that average double figures. They got the best player in the sport. That's why I got the Bucks going to the finals. But I do have the Suns getting revenge over them in the NBA finals. Yeah, that'd be a good one, Bucks. Um, yeah, the Bucks getting there. Be um, you know, Giannis getting another one. Yeah, you know, I got this. I have the Suns knocking off the Celtics in that one. I think the Suns' talent a little bit better than than the Celtics. Um, but yeah, you got a guy Kevin Durant uh, just elevates that team so much, and I think the Suns finally get over that hump and um, take on the NBA Finals. All right, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the playoffs. We'll be definitely be talking about that a ton uh, starting in the middle of April. But that's going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with R and J. We'll be back next week talking about UConn's two UConn's two big Big East games against Providence and St. John's, and any NFL news that comes our way. Have a great weekend, everyone. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley. And Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley 
he's great when he's on the field. But the problem is, since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this. They lob it to him. He taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball. Hands down. Finch, two for three. He's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. My name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Showing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Meek, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.